There's so many of us that get into this industry because we have a servant's heart. The problem with that is that we're so desperately wanting to be part of serving these families, of serving these couples, that we forget that to be able to continue having that purpose, we have to have a profitable business. Because at some point, it's not sustainable anymore to be able to continue serving and serving and serving if you're not making any money. Hey there, CEOs. Welcome to the Wedding Pro CEO Podcast. My name is Brandi Gar, and I am a speaker, an educator, a wedding pro just like you, and I am obsessed with helping you to build a profitable wedding business that you actually love. Today starts a three-part series here on the podcast that I'm calling the Make More Money series because couldn't we all use a little bit more money in our wedding business? Just recently, I had a member of my Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator group. She dropped into our Facebook and she said, Hey, Brandy, I just recently heard you on another podcast doing an interview. And she said, I just have to tell you how awesome it was for me to hear you say it's okay to make money. And I thought that was such a funny comment. And I, of course, loved it because I was like, yes, yes, it's okay to make money. Yes, I'm so glad that that was freeing for you. I'm so glad that you heard that and it resonated with you. And it was kind of what you needed to hear right now to be able to start to really focus on making more money and on profitability in your business. This is so important. That mindset trick that we play on ourselves is so important that we have to understand that in addition to being this creative entrepreneur, we are also business owners and we have to start treating our businesses like a business. A business makes money. A business makes money. That's the beginning and the end of it. A business makes money. If you are not making money in your business, you have a hobby. And that's okay if that's what you're doing. If you're like, hey, I love planning weddings for friends or I love getting to DJ for friends at their weddings when they really need somebody or I'm amazing with a camera and I don't really want to make money off of it. Like I just love being able to gift that to a friend when they're getting married. That is amazing. Kudos to you. Yes, at least you know that's what you're going to do. But if you're a business owner, if you say that you have created a business, if you have created a business, if you work 80 hours a week and you're constantly pushing and striving to do all the things to grow your business, to grow your sales, to make more money, then we need to start treating it like it is. It is a business, right? And you need to make money. So many of us in the wedding industry got into the industry because at our core, we have a servant's heart, right? As a wedding planner, honestly, since my earliest memories, I planned parties. I planned a dinner party for my parents' wedding anniversary when I was six. When I was six years old, I planned a dinner party for my parents' wedding anniversary, and I had my babysitter help, and some of the neighbors helped me as well, and I saved up my allowance, and I actually created this whole dinner party for my parents when I was six years old. My dad used to talk about that story all the time. (laughs) Now, I love getting to be able to plan parties for other people. So many of us get into the industry because we have that same heart. We love being able to see people happy to be able to see people's families come together as one, to be part of a family's legacy. We love being able to 
give them images or video that are are they're going to be able to show to their kids and their grandkids one day. We love that we can pack a dance floor and let people dance the night away and just remember that feeling all night long, right? There's so many of us that get into this industry because we have a servant's heart. The problem with that is that we're so desperately wanting to be part of serving these families, of serving these couples, that we forget that to be able to continue having that purpose, we have to have a profitable business because at some point it's not sustainable anymore to be able to continue serving and serving and serving if you're not making any money. At some point, you've got to be able to pay your bills or to contribute to your household or even if your business is meant to just be part of vacation money for your family, whatever it is that you need to make dollars wise from your business, if you're not charging, if you're not charging appropriately, what you find happening is that you're working 80 hours a week. You're not sleeping at night because you're anxious thinking about all the to-dos that need to get done. You have um, a, a team that's overworked. You are just completely burnt out and fried and there's no money left to pay yourself. And that's not sustainable, my friends. So to be able to be part of these legacies, to be able to serve people, to be able to have this incredible gift that you have to give to people as they're getting married, you have to be able to turn a profit. You have to be able to make money for it to be sustainable. I like to say there is no purpose if there is no profit. You cannot continue to serve the purpose that you started your business with if you do not have profit in your business. So what I want you to hear at the very beginning of this three-part series is it's okay to make money. It's okay to make money. It's actually a really good thing to make money. It's a good thing to be profitable. So in this three-part series, we are going to cover three different ways to make more money in your business. And I'm so excited about this series because anytime I talk to people about money, it's almost like they kind of clam up, like they go into a shell and they're like, I don't really want to talk about money. But we talk about money so much in my accelerator, like we make it common practice. I know how much you charge for your packages. I know what your revenue goal are. I know what your expenses are. Like I'm constantly cheering and saying, yes, it's time to push to the next goal. Yes, it's time to push to the next goal. I want to know those dollar amounts. We don't sugarcoat it. We don't skirt around it. Everybody talks about their numbers. Everybody talks about their revenue. Everybody talks about their expenses in the accelerator because it's such an important topic. And I want people to be really comfortable in sharing those numbers. Super early on in our group, I remember there were CEOs in there that were like, I don't know that I feel comfortable sharing my numbers. And I was like, I totally get it, especially as women CEOs, right? I don't only teach women, but obviously it's a very female dominated industry. And as women, we're almost even more uncomfortable talking about money. And so I want to make it so easy for us to not only say, I'm comfortable talking about money, but I'm comfortable making money. Like I'm comfortable saying, I want to make more money. I'm comfortable saying that. Like I want to own that. And so today during part one of this series, I want to let you know, it's okay to make money. It's okay to say you want to make money and it's okay to say you want to make more money. So let's get into it. Let's talk about Part one, okay, so the very first way to make more money in your business is to work more. Now, I know some of you are like, (laughs) if you're listening to me and you're driving, you're probably like, "Er, wait a second, what did she just say? Because that seems completely ridiculous, right? Of course, we all know we can work more and make more, right? We know that. But two, doesn't Brandy teach us to work less? 
right? Yes, I do. I do. But I still think that there is a time and a place in your business where you do have to work more to make more. Now, remember, I told you this is a three-part series, so of course I'm not just going to leave you here on, okay, guys, the first way to make more money is to work more. Of course, I'm not going to leave you there. I'm going to give you some super tangible tips, but we also have two more parts of this series coming up where I'm going to give you other ways to make more money in your business, and I promise you that every single week you're going to want to be here because I have packed these episodes full of really tangible, practical tips to really help you to make more money in your business. So let's talk about this first topic. To make more money, we're going to work more. What does that mean? Well, in the beginning stage of your business, this is what I like to call the hustle stage of your business. This is where you as the CEO, you as the business owner, you are actually going to work more. The hustle stage of business is what I define as typically zero to two, maybe three years in business and less than $60,000 in revenue. Now, I know that may sound like an arbitrary number, but I have coached hundreds of wedding pros at this point. And because I talk so much about money and I know their revenue goals and I know their expenses, I really started to feel like that $60,000 mark is where that hustle stage can start to pull back a little bit and you start moving into the next stage of business. But that hustle stage is really zero to two or three years, depending on your business. And it's less than $60,000 in revenue. Obviously, that's that's a gauge, guys, so that you can understand what stage of business I'm talking about. But that's flexible, right? There's, there's lots of variables to that. But that's kind of um, where we are with this hustle stage. And I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you outside of your comfort zone. But I also want you to understand that in this stage of your business, even though you're hustling, your hustle is going to look different. Okay. And I love this quote so much. I actually use it a lot. I am using it for this year's summit, the Wedding Pro CEO Summit this June. It's our anchor statement that we are talking about at the summit, which is my hustle looks different. There are times in your business where you are going to have to hustle. And as much as I would love to tell you that you should always be working less and making more, there are seasons in your business where you are going to have to hustle. It's just part of being an entrepreneur. If it was easy, everyone would do it. There is a time in your business where you're going to have to hustle. But what I want you to know is that your hustle should look different. By that, what I mean is that I want your hustle to be intentional. I want it to be thoughtful. I want you to be thinking about, if I do this, what will the return on that investment of time be? What will that return on that investment of dollars be? I don't want you to just run around. And that's what I see so often in this first stage of business is I see wedding pros that are just busy. I hate the word busy. It is the worst word ever. When I hear somebody say, I've just been so busy, I'm like, no. Busy is a terrible word because it's not productive. What I want you to do is I want you to hustle with intentionality. I want your hustle to look different. I want you to be thoughtful about every single minute spent in your business. Now, in this beginning stage of business, what does that mean? tangibly, what does it mean for you to work more in your business? The first one is that I want you to be networking. Oh my gosh, you guys, the number of times I have sat in on a one-on-one strategy call, or I've sat in a group coaching call inside my accelerator, and I hear wedding pros tell me, I hate networking. I, I don't go to them because I hate it. I hate networking. And my face is just like, I do not hide my facial expressions well. But networking is an essential piece of your business. At 
any stage of business, it's an essential piece of business. My company has been in business for 16 years. I require every single person on my team to attend at least at least two networking events per month because I want people to see their faces. I want people to see their smiles. I want people to get to know them. I want other vendors to feel comfortable referring us as a team, which is why we send our entire team out to networking events. This is so, so important. Networking in your local market, getting in front of people, asking them questions, building those partnerships. It's just, I can't say enough about how important networking is. And I don't know that many people who like it. I I almost said, I think no one likes it. I do think that there's people out there that like, I think there's people out there that thrive on it. But listen, I seem like an extrovert, right? Like you guys see me on here and you're like, oh, of course, Brandy says go to networking events. She could talk to a wall. But here's the thing. I would much rather be home with my girls, be home with my husband, be literally anywhere else than a networking event. I don't love going to networking events, but I know that they're important for my business. And so I I almost, sometimes I feel like I say, like, I turn on a character. Like, it's not that I'm being fake. It's just that I have to almost go outside of my comfort zone and be like, right now, it is about my business. It's not about me and what I want. It's about my business and whether I want my business to grow or not, right? And so I almost put on this character of like, I am in Brandy blush mode. That's what my husband calls it. He calls it blush mode. And he's like, you are just like a different human when you're in blush mode because my business is important to me. I want to be there and I want to have a purpose for these networking events. When I go in, I have a purpose. Sometimes it's just to show my face and to mingle and to support the person that's putting the event on. Sometimes it's to very specifically meet someone that's going to be there and ask a friend to to introduce me with a warm welcome. Sometimes it's because I want to be able to actually be part of an event with my team. There's lots of different reasons to go to networking events, but in this beginning stage of your business, the purpose of going to the networking events is to get your face out there for people to get to know you, for you to build relationships because people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And listen to me, y'all. A couple that you do a wedding for, yes, they may refer you to two or three people. I have one client in my 16-year history that's referred me to more than a dozen other clients. I might actually say she's probably like my number one revenue generator of any single source ever. She's amazing. I love her. I did her oldest daughter's wedding when I think, oh my gosh, I was a baby wedding planner. I was a baby wedding planner, but I've, I've worked with her literally for like 14 years and she's referred me so much business, but that is so rare. Even my best clients might refer me to one or two other clients. The vendors that you work with, the relationships that you make within the industry, the frienders that you have are going to be able to refer you over and over and over again, but they have to love you. They're not going to put their name on you if they don't even know who you are. You can't just have an Instagram profile and be like, oh, I hope everyone starts referring me. That's not how it works. So when I say work more, one of the things that I want you to be doing is networking. I want you to get outside your comfort zone and go to these networking events, okay? The next one is I want you to go on venue tours. I don't care what kind of wedding pro you are unless you are a venue. Every other type of wedding pro should be at venue tours. Venues are almost always the first thing booked. When a couple gets engaged, the first thing they do is they book their venue. Sometimes they book the photographer or their planner first, but by and large, they're booking their venue first. And so any type of wedding pro that you are, going on a venue tour, 
It serves so many purposes. It's networking. We just talked about networking and how important it is. You're being invested in their property. You're saying, I want to know more about your property, right? So going on the venue tour serves that purpose. Number two, when you're there, grab B-roll footage. Do um, a reel about the venue. Do stories about the venue. Talk about why you love it and collaborate with them on that post. That's even more networking because you're now collaborating with them on these posts. But now you're actually showing yourself as an expert that you're at this venue, you have a great relationship with them, you're putting them out on social media, people are going to start contacting you because they're like, oh my gosh, yes, that is my venue. I want to work with you because you obviously know my venue, right? You can kill so many birds with one stone by going to venue tours. In this hustle stage of business, you're also thinking about your social media. And while I'm talking about this hustle stage of business, these can also apply to other stages of business. But in this hustle stage, it really is you working more as the CEO, right? You are the one that's hustling. Obviously, you need to be on social media. You need to be on Instagram. Instagram's a given. Absolutely, you need to be on Instagram. You need to be posting three to five times a week. You need to be posting reels. You need to be posting stories. I'm not going to belabor this because I probably have at least a dozen episodes on social media alone. I also have a very robust course called Social 365. It's super inexpensive. You can go to my website, brandygar.com, click on learn, and you can grab the Social 365 course. We'll actually link to it in the show notes as well. It's a super robust course that'll walk you through exactly how to plan out your social media. It actually also gives you one whole year of social media content specifically for wedding pros. So I'm not going to belabor this topic, but what I will say is you must be on social media. Like you may not skip this step. It is 2023, at least of the time of this recording, and you may not skip this step. You must be on social media. As you're doing that networking, as you're doing those venue tours, and those people start to refer you, the very first thing that a new couple does, even through a referral, is goes and checks your Instagram. And they want to see what you're posting on Instagram and who you are and what you're about. And if you have nothing there or you don't post very often, they're going to be too afraid that you are not going to be available for their wedding and they are going to bounce. So you must be on Instagram. Now, the other platforms, do what you want. TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest, I think they all have value, but Instagram is where you must be. And you can go grab Social365 if you need some help with how to plan out your social media content, how to create a funnel of warm leads. If you need content just given to you for a whole year, go grab Social365. Okay, last one for this stage of business is one-on-one meetings with vendors. You go to these networking events, you're meeting people, you're meeting people. Don't leave it at that. Follow up from the networking events. People that you feel like could be a great partner, ask them for coffee. Ask them to go grab a glass of wine. Take them to lunch. Ask them if you can stop by their studio and see their space and bring them Starbucks. Whatever it is, deepen those relationships. You want to have strategic partners. You want to have people that talk so great about you, that talk about your brand and who you are, that refer you when you are not in the room. That will bring so many more opportunities your way. And we are talking about how to make more money. And one really great way to make more money is to have other people selling you when you are not in the room. And that is an amazing tool. So one-on-one vendor meetings, follow up from these networking events that you're going to, because now you're going to start going to all these networking events because Brandy told you, you must be going to networking events, right? So follow up and do these one-on-one meetings. Okay. In the next stage of business, this is what I call the blooming onion stage of business. I love my blooming onions. First of all, let's talk about a blooming onion. Okay. When you go to Outback Steakhouse, do you like your blooming onion to be crispy or do you like it to be kind of like 
mushy, like a little bit soft. Our family always goes, we order it extra crispy. I want it to like crunch in my mouth, but I can put away a blooming onion. I love it. Totally, totally a side note, totally a digression. And now I want to go get a blooming onion. All that to say, I'd like to call this next stage of business my blooming onion stage. And that's because this is really where you've now hustled, right? You've built the hustle. You've started to get a base of vendors that you love. You start referring each other. You've got pretty constant leads coming in the door. You're starting to really push towards that six-figure mark or maybe even just starting to cross over that six-figure mark, right? This blooming onion stage of business, I like to say, is about five or six years. And you're really somewhere between sixty dollars to $70,000 in revenue up to about $150,000 in revenue. Again, I'm just giving you a guide because I like guides. Like I like when people tell me like, this is what we're talking about in this stage of business. So I'm giving you that guide. But really that's where we're talking about in this blooming onion stage of business. And in this stage of business, when I say you're going to work more, what I mean by that is no longer that you're going to work more. Now what I'm talking about is that your team is going to work more. So in this stage of business, what you're going to start feeling is that you're going to start turning away leads. You're going to start getting leads for dates you're already booked for. And the thing that crushes my soul the most is when I have a student come into my accelerator and they say, yeah, I've been turning away business left and right. And I just, I want to cry for them. It's like soul crushing. When my sales manager tells me that we had to turn away a piece of business because we were sold out, I literally am like, I just, I can't sleep at night. I'm like, no, we don't have to turn away business. We build a bigger team, right? Now, I will always tell you to scale. That is the way that I believe in teaching wedding pros to make more money, to be more profitable, to be able to get back their own lives, to be able to run a business that doesn't run them so that you don't have to work every single Saturday. It's by scaling. It's by growing a team. This is how you do it. When you start turning away business, you have to start building a team. You have to start building a team. You know, for a wedding planner, you might be working like 40 events a year. Some photographers or DJs can take like 100 events a year. I don't even know how y'all do that. That's crazy. I cannot handle a double header. But think about that. If you can do 40 events a year, let's just say 40 events, and you're running your business, and your HR, and your social media, and your marketing, and your payroll, and your all the systems, like you're everything, right? If you can do that, think about that. If you could hire one more person, one more person. You can double the amount of output you can have. And then if you hire another person, you can triple that output. And then you can actually start to get some of your life back. Instead of you doing 40 events a year as a CEO, maybe you scale back to 20 events a year. So now you're actually getting paid to be the CEO, to be the coach, because your other team members are making money right? You're taking some of the profit from what they make and paying yourself a salary for being the business owner, for being the CEO, and you have money coming in from these events that you're doing, right? So you can scale back, you can become the coach, and this is how you're going to make more money by doing a little bit less. You're still working hard. Dare I say, and I tell my students this all the time, the blooming onion stage is the hardest stage of business. It is by far the most difficult stage. You will work harder in this stage than any other stage because in this Blooming Onion stage, you're just now coming out of doing all of the client work yourself because you're starting to onboard team members, but you still have to make sure all those clients are taken care of 
and your onboarding team members and your training team members, and you're learning how to become a good leader and you're learning how to create SOPs and processes. The difference in this stage is that yes, you are working harder than you ever did in the hustle stage, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Because in this stage, you're building that pyramid. You're building on what you already had. So instead of it kind of being like, I'm just going to run on this hamster wheel for the rest of my life, you're putting in all this work so that you can slowly start to scale back and start to get your life back. You're not going out every Saturday. You're not working every single event yourself. The funny thing about this stage too is when I have students in my accelerator that'll say, oh my gosh, it feels so weird that I don't know every single client that our company works with. And I'm like, it feels weird at first. And then it starts to feel really, really freeing because you are no longer the one that's working with every single client, right? You might still be doing the sales, but you are not necessarily working intimately and closely with every single client. You have an amazing team that's doing that. And so in this stage of business, the work more to make more is that, yes, you're actually going to work harder in the stage of business, but it's to build that empire. It's to build to this last stage of business. And it's so worth it. It is so worth it. So to work more, your team is working more in this stage of business and you are becoming the coach in this stage of business. Okay. That's how you're going to make more money is you're going to build a team. You're going to become the coach. Okay. So in that second stage of business, Blooming Onion, that's what you're doing. All right. In this last stage of business, this is where I like to have my CEOs, right? These are my CEOs. You have put that hat on. You have stepped into that role. You've built that team and you have pulled yourself out of the day-to-day of your business. And in this stage of business, it's your systems that are going to work more. So first stage of business, the hustle stage, you are working more. Second stage of business, the blooming onion stage, your team is working more. Now in this last stage of business, your systems are working more. And what do I mean by that? At this point, after the blooming onion stage, you've built your team, you're doing 150,000 plus in revenue. You have a team of people that are working for you that all know their roles. And now in this stage of business, your job as the CEO is to really make all of those systems work for you so that that's what's making the money. That's how you're making more money. One of those things is your workflows. So you're going to create workflows so that instead of a human having to touch every single phase of your business, you're going to start to automate some of that. You're going to have email workflows. You're going to have sales funnels. You're going to have a CRM that automatically does some of the steps. How amazing is that? When a client pays their contract, you're not going to have to touch it. It's going to automatically turn them into a client. Like they're automatically going to get the onboarding email. There's so many things that you can do to automate your business so that your system is working more. In addition to that, you're also going to start automating some of your team's responsibilities. And what I mean by that is you're going to create a strategic organizational chart for your business. So what does that mean? Instead of you being the one who's constantly directing and you're the coach and you're saying, okay, you do this and you do this and you do this and you do this, you're going to become the head coach and you're going to have people underneath you that know their role and they're going to start training up that next generation underneath them. You're going to have an organizational chart. In my company, what that looks like is that I have a director of operations and she handles all of our CRM management, our client onboarding, um, any client challenges. She handles um, really our payroll, our contractors. She handles all of that. Anything really operationally, she handles. We have a sales manager. She obviously handles all of our sales. Her job is to get out into the community and network and sell and to bring in new sales and to close sales. We also have a company culture and team training manager. And her job is to really make sure that everybody on the team understands our mission, our vision, our values, that they're providing 
excellent customer service, that they are understanding that they are part of a family's legacy. Her job is to really make sure that our culture is constantly being poured through all of our new team members, through our associate planners, through our part-time planners. That's her role. And that's such an important piece as you start to get bigger, because as you start to have more and more people that work for you, it can't all fall on you. You've got this whole vision, this whole strategy that you're trying to accomplish, right? Like, so you're up here casting vision for the entire company. You need somebody that's on your team that's making sure that those new people that you're bringing into your company understand your culture and they understand what you stand for and they understand what you provide to their clients. They're checking in with them. They're training them. They're seeing where there might be some spots that they need some extra work. That's her role on my team. And then the last one is we have a marketing manager. So she's really, in charge of making sure our social media is cohesive, that it's going up all the time, that she's got guest blogs coming onto our website, that she's doing blogs, that she's um, helping us to get published, that she is guest blogging for other people's sites. Like We want to make sure that our name is constantly out there, that we are not just resting on our laurels. It's her job to make sure that we are well marketed and that our brand voice is constantly out there. So in this last stage of business, it's your systems that are working more for you. So I hope that this was helpful, you guys, because I really thought the first way to make more money in your business is to work more. But I don't believe in working more for the rest of your life. I don't believe on being on a hamster wheel. I now, for Blush, my planning company, we're 16 years in, I can say with full confidence, full confidence, and you can ask anyone on my team if you'd like to, you're more than welcome to, if I fell off the face of the planet tomorrow, which hopefully I don't, but if I did, no one on the outside would know any different. I really genuinely am not an integral part of Blush anymore. Yes, I'm the coach. Yes, I mentor my executive team. Yes, I am very much part of casting the vision and creating the next stage of growth for our business, but I am not integral in the day-to-day. I'm not integral. Every person on my executive team knows their role and they know what their job is to make sure that the rest of our team is coming up underneath them, our part-time planners, our associate planners. And so I can genuinely say, and I hate saying this because I feel like there's so many coaches out there who are like, oh, I make a six-figure salary and I work three hours a week. And I think that's ridiculous. However, I can say with all genuine sincerity, I work less than five hours a week for Blush. And I think that it's important to be able to be here. Like I couldn't have a podcast. I couldn't have a coaching business. I couldn't be coaching hundreds of other wedding pros on how to build this kind of a business, how to build a business that pays you a full-time salary that you don't necessarily have to be involved in anymore. I couldn't do all of that if I was still involved 30 to 40, 50 hours a week in blush. I wouldn't have the time. It's my passion to do that because I think it's so very needed in our industry for people to see that you can make a full-time income from your business and not have to work every Saturday at all. You can, you can build a business that can do that for you. And I've taught so many wedding pros how to do it as well. And so I. I love that. I am so passionate about it. If you want to learn more about how to build a business like that, please DM me on Instagram. Let's chat. I love Instagram DMs. I love getting your voice notes. DM me. I will absolutely voice memo you back or come into the Wedding Pro CEO community on Facebook and let's talk about it. I want to help you to build that kind of a business. I want to help you to build a business that pays you a full-time salary that you have freedom from, that you love 
that doesn't require your day-to-day constant oversight. Okay, you guys, this was part one of the three-part series on making more money, the Make More Money series. And I'm so excited to be back next week for week two on the next way that you can make more money in your business so that I can give you some really strategic, tangible tips. If you loved this episode, please come tell me. Come tell me over on Instagram. And I cannot wait to hear from you. You guys, thank you so much. And I will see you next week. Bye for now. Hey there, wedding pro. Are you feeling overwhelmed, burned out, and wondering how you will ever pay yourself an actual salary from this business you're building? I get it. I'm a wedding pro just like you. I sat in this season of overwhelm and no pay for way too long. Now I own one of the largest planning firms in Orlando, Florida, while doing less than five weddings myself each year. And yeah, I pay myself a full-time salary too. And I'm not alone. Hundreds of other wedding pros just like you have gone from overwhelmed to confident CEO by using the proven strategies I teach inside the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator. I tell Brandy all the time how grateful I am for her. Before joining with her, I thought I was successful and I was successful, but I was working 24 seven, barely making a profit. Now, over a year later, working with her, it's just been life changing. We have our Monday calls. I voice text with other wedding planners all over the nation. And it's helpful just to have someone that's done what we're trying to do. And that is what the CEO Accelerator Group has helped and taught me to do. Inside the Accelerator, you get lifetime access to the six step-by-step modules that walk you through the pillars of a profitable wedding business. The financial services spreadsheet that Brandy gives you as a part of the Accelerator is worth the price of the Accelerator alone. If you need clarity on finances, your budget, if you can hire, if you can even pay the people that you have hired, go get the Accelerator because that spreadsheet gave me the knowledge and power to make the decisions to continue hiring and growing my team in the way that I want to. But what good is all of this knowledge without accountability, community, and of course, a place to ask your most burning question. When you join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator, you also get six months inside our live coaching membership. It literally has changed the way I do business. It has changed the way I view things. It has changed the way that I manage things. It is totally amazing to be able to sit with CEOs that have been through what I've been through, have been through the trenches, and can give me the insight as to how they got through it. It doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the only person on the planet who feels this way. No, there's tons of other CEOs that feel the same way I do, and we can talk about it, think through it, and we can learn. It is absolutely amazing, and if you're thinking about it, you should do it. The Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator is the best of a course, a membership, and a group coaching community all in one. The group has been so supportive and has really kept me sane through the busiest season I've ever seen in my career. For that, I'm really thankful. Looking forward to the next year and all the things I have to learn to grow and scale my business and super excited for the next steps. Here's the thing. You can absolutely listen to this show every single week to get nuggets that will help you scale your business. And over the course of a few years of piecing together all of that free information, you could very likely grow a successful wedding business. Or you can join the Wedding Pros CEO Accelerator today to get the proven step-by-step roadmap you need to ditch the overwhelm, build maximum profit, and step into your role as confident CEO, all in just six short months. 
In 2021, we did 220,000 in revenue, which I was so excited about at the time. In 2022, where we sit now, our revenue came in around 560,000. Honestly, I attribute so much of that to really being able to grow. I actually no longer take on weddings myself. I'm really able to focus and be the CEO of my company. And that's come with a lot of guidance from the Accelerator Group, all of the other incredible CEOs in that program, bouncing ideas off of each other, asking for the help and hearing from other people and what's worked and what hasn't. Just click the link in the show notes below to learn more about the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator and let's build your profitable wedding business together.